بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Assalamu alaikum Welcome to the Zaytuna College Ramadan podcast During this blessed month we invite you to join the faculty staff and guests of Zaytuna College as they reflect upon timeless reminders from the Quran and the Islamic tradition Today's episode is by Hiba El-Haddad, who is a mental health practitioner serving the students of Zaytuna College. Steadfastness in the path of virtue is often threatened by our pride in our actions. In this episode, Hiba discusses the importance of restraint in the life of a believer. Hear about practical steps we can take to avoid licentiousness and self-righteousness and remain anchored in an ethic of humility. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. For many individuals today, believing in one's inherent goodness that is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to self is very difficult to accomplish. In an age where sins are flaunted, explicit and degrading images are a swipe away, and Satan's pathways have multiplied exponentially with the advancements in technology, many are left with a persistent dark cloud hovering above them and the belief that goodness wasn't destined for them becomes solidified. Irrespective of the number of skills we may acquire, the amount of Qur'an we memorize, or the ethical and principled manner by which we live our lives, to truly feel our soul's greatness and understand its origin is where a great disconnect can often be found. It's a type of acknowledgement that the Most High created us and fashioned us and desires for us to be at our best. Too many people are too connected to their flaws, insecurities, and sins to the degree to which they drown them in feelings of despair, anxiety, and oftentimes deep depressive states. When states such as fear and despondency find their way into the once fertile grounds of one's mind, weeds begin to surface and do what weeds do best. They crowd out the thoughts that elicit hope in a merciful and forgiving Lord and narrow the lens of one's field of vision to only see all that they've done wrong, missed the opportunity to do, or should have done differently. And this is a dangerous ploy of Satan that every being can easily fall prey to by coming to view ourselves as so unlovable, inadequate, and too morally compromised to be deserving of all the love and blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the infinite capacity to shower upon his ibad. There is a lack of recognition today of the true nature of our souls as being from Allah's spirit, and debasing oneself becomes easy by engaging in many acts that reflect one's deep sense of unworthiness, insecurity, and maladaptive, not adaptive shame. This point is often the beginning of a downward spiral in which sinning becomes easier as it's perceived to be more fitting for your not good enough and unworthy self. This concept can be likened to how certain forms of attire are suitable for various occasions. Our demeanor and the way in which we choose to dress is a part of our adab or mannerisms and can oftentimes reflect how we view our soul or our own essence. You wouldn't normally consider wearing a formal gown or a suit to a park. Similarly, why is it okay to allow your soul, which is the formal gown in this example, with all its inherent value and goodness, to partake in lying, deception, 
abandoning prayer, and mistreating those who are most vulnerable. Everyone's gown or suit is bound to gather dust, which, through the process of tawbah, can keep it in pristine condition. However, committing certain acts can have the effect of spilling ink on your gown, which is more laborious to remove, however, not impossible. One of those acts falls under a blameworthy trait known as al-ghurur, a type of conceit that stems from delusion. Imam al-Ghazali defines al-ghurur as the reliance of the soul upon that which is in agreement with its desire and longing. This is the point during which feeling good about our innate goodness and virtues becomes problematic. But how does this process take place psychologically? Dr. Kelly McGonigal, a health psychologist, sheds light on this concept. Moral licensing is the equivalent term for al-ghurur, used to indicate an unhealthy glorification of one's commendable acts and using all that's been accumulated in your account labeled morally sound deeds to justify away wrongs committed. It's the state of being hyper-aware of the good that we do and a magnification of praiseworthy deeds takes place to a degree to which it becomes blinding. We begin to lose sight of our shortcomings and come to believe that all the good we've done will somehow compensate for any seemingly small slip-ups here and there. We can easily recall all the charities we've donated to, the individuals we've given much of our time and resources to assist, the talks we've given to raise awareness about spiritual ailments that plague the heart, and the amount of students we've taught the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all the Qur'an we've recited while standing in Qiyam with tears streaming down our cheeks in a state of khushu'ah. All of those collective acts must count for something. After all, is there any reward for good except good? As we're reminded in Surah Ar-Rahman. Well, that's not exactly the case. Dr. McGonigal shares in her book, The Willpower Instinct, her finding that when we engage in doing good, we tend to feel good about ourselves and our inner virtues. Feeling good about our virtues steers us towards trusting our impulses, which may at times result in us giving ourselves permission to indulge in the not-so-good. She goes on to mention that the moral licensing effect, or al-ghurur, leads those with moral credentials, or those who are trusted and relied upon within communities, to justify serious moral lapses in judgment. That somehow, the wrong we do will be overlooked by the most merciful because of all that we've done that is right. And these justifications are what lead those with a rich account with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and highly respected influential individuals to lose their footing and fall to their demise. This train of thought is what makes the once unfathomable possible. Remember the time in which you heard of an influential individual from the community utilizing masjid funds for personal use, or physicians who knowingly prescribe medications that can cause significant harm to their patients for compensation from pharmaceutical companies, and a plethora of examples that you've heard of or personally witnessed are likely coming to mind as you listen to this recording. Studies show that when one feels virtuous, they mostly don't question their impulses and it becomes a blind spot for them. And for some, their very positions in society consistently remind them of their virtues. Psychologically, by feeling good about oneself, 
it also gives one permission to be slightly bad. If one tells themselves that as a college student, because you've worked diligently on a time-consuming project for a week, then they're most likely to give themselves a license to indulge by taking the day off and procrastinating on beginning other upcoming assignments and binge-watching movies all day. People also generally don't feel regretful about these indulgences as they feel they were somehow earned. This essentially is a sense of entitlement, which Dr. McGonagall states is the beginning of one's downfall. The dilemma lies in viewing self-indulgence as the best recompense for being virtuous, and one's real goals are completely overlooked and the downfall begins. We begin to give ourselves credit for all the things we could have done based on our sound intentions, as many have claimed before us shortly before the wave of delusion overtakes us. Al-ghurur is commonly the trait responsible for community members everywhere to lose trust in those holding positions of authority, ethical duty, and moral responsibility. Some research from the 1980s highlights that a degree of delusion is healthy for humans to have. However, much of that research was discounted in the 1990s, and it was found that those with an idealistic or slightly delusional view of themselves and the world, such as believing that everyone agrees with them, favors them, or that they're at the top of their discipline with no one else being deserving of that title, are actually unhappier, less successful, and those surrounding them have a less favorable opinion of them that they may be unaware of. Studies also show that those with little knowledge of a skill set or a field of study were more prone to think that they excelled at it, whereas those with actual knowledge of a profession or area of study were found to be more humble. At times, this ghurur can have an element of denial that serves as a veil from allowing one to distinctly see their flaws accurately. And this is one of the very reasons why there is a big emphasis on mentorship in the Islamic tradition. How does one come to know that they struggle with this trait? Imam al-Ghazali mentions in Ihya al-Mudin that the Prophet ﷺ stated, When God wishes to favor a servant, he reveals his bad characteristics to him. Through mentorship and the mirroring of close, upright companions, one can come to see their own flaws that need rectifying. Observing oneself through the exercises of muraqaba, which is self-observation, and muhasaba, taking oneself into account before we are taken into account, allow one the ability to zoom out and take a look at themselves from a broader perspective. Do we judge and look down upon others for having blameworthy traits such as al-ghurur amongst a list of others? Do we ascribe righteousness to and purity to ourselves while Allah Azza wa warns us in Surah An-Najm, Ayah 32, فَلَا تُزَكُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنِ Do we rush to accept every speaking invitation, vie to be in the spotlight on every social media platform, or strive to occupy positions of leadership without fully comprehending the weight of the responsibility that's associated with them? and where these positions can lead us. Are we compassionate and forbearing when confronted with the mistakes of others? We are all at risk for hypocrisy, and I'll end with this thought for us all to reflect upon together. Do we as communities play a significant role in, in the demise of those serving in the public sphere in all domains? 
we set up and reinforce the pedestals upon which they sit, fuel them with praise and flattery and a lack of authenticity and honesty, then devalue them the moment they fall from the seat of influence. As communities, we perpetuate the cycle of idealization, devaluing and then discarding those serving in the front lines the moment a mistake is committed. People have much inherent goodness within them. People are worth more than their service. Thank you all for tuning in today. I pray that our collective acts of ibadah are accepted during this blessed month and that you all benefit from this reflection series. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to the Zaytuna College Ramadan podcast. Help root Islamic scholarship in the soil of America by visiting zaytuna.edu forward slash support.